everybody. Sydney Landis here. Welcome back to the Informed Data Podcast. I'm very excited to be joined today by the president of Informed Data, Matt Lowers. Hey, Matt, how are you doing? Doing good. Glad to be here. Awesome. So today we're going to be talking about a subject that's very personal and important to Matt, and that's company culture. But more specifically, we're going to dig into the culture of service that we've built here at Informed Data. So to start off, Matt, I think, um, can you just kind of explain in your own words why company culture is important? Yeah, sure. I think, you know, from my perspective, when a company has a a clearly defined culture and has a set of core values that they commit to, you feel it. I think you feel it, you know, internally from a, from an employee standpoint and, you know, externally from a customer's standpoint. So I, I really think that culture shapes the experience of the customer and of the employee as well. Probably more importantly, the employee, because it starts with from within. So Right. And how would you say that culture relates to our mission at Informed Data? Yeah, so, you know, our mission at Informed Data is to make people data equally accessible to all. And as a result of that, we touch millions of lives a year. We do millions of searches, millions of background checks every year. And so just, you know, based on the nature of our business, we we have a huge impact on people. And so we have to provide a high level of service when we're doing what we're doing at such a high transaction volume. And, you know, that service is to our to our customers, to our employees, and really, if you think about it, to businesses and communities, because that's that's where all these people will be interacting. Oh, yeah. So I really want to dig into the service culture concept because everybody wants great service, right? But I want to focus in on how informed data specifically creates that culture of service. So Matt, what are the qualities of a culture of service in your mind? Yeah, sure. I broke that into four buckets and uh, I, I know we'll talk about all of them, I'm sure. But to me, they're transparency or transparent communication, quality first. Uh, philanthropy and you know, or being philanthropic, and then lastly, accountability. So those are the four buckets that, you know, as I was thinking about this, that I really uh, broke our culture down to. So, like you mentioned, I would like to explore each of those qualities a little bit further. So to start off, let's talk about transparent communication. So, where does the idea of transparent communication begin at Inform Data, and how does that play out in the day to day for employees and customers? Yeah, sure. You know, early on in this industry, you know, I've been in this industry, you know, now nearly 20 years, there was this concept of black box, right? Your search, your search goes into the system, into a, an ATS or a software, and then, you know, out comes a clear or a hit and no one really knows what's happening with it, right? So it was this kind of black box concept. And really when I, when, when informed data went about building a culture of service, we said, you know, one way to, one way to break that down is you have to be transparent. It's important that you that you keep them up to date on where that search might be in the process and what you're doing with it as as you're working as you're as you're working on it and and as it's in um you know kind of going through your operations as as a as another way to say it. A good example we can give is you know recently uh, it might be fresh on people's mind is this Michigan clean slate law and of course the courts redacting some cases uh and some PII off of the public access right so so first off we're transparent and communicating to our customers what's going on you know so what the courts are doing why how it's affecting our products and offering them a replacement or an alternative and while you know you can in this scenario you can offer them an iChat search which is the statewide option in Michigan we have to be honest and we have to be transparent we have to tell them it's not apples to apples it's not the same thing you're going to get at the 
county level, but it is an alternative so that you know your search isn't sitting and, and aging, and therefore your end user, your customer is not able to, to place a position <clears throat> or to hire a, a certain individual to fill a position. So uh, it's just that level of transparency that radiates through the organization. Like you have to start internally, you know, being transparent with your employees, right? Tell them what's going on within your business, within the walls of your company. We, you know, we might we might share with our employees how the company's doing from an operational or financial standpoint. And then, you know, that that same level of transparency, then, you know, they feel it and they they then carry that out through to the customers. And I think it does start within, but uh it certainly radiates from there. Yeah, I will say that being in marketing, I definitely kind of feel that transparent communication every day. Like we really do take pride in keeping not only our customers, but the industry informed of what's going on. You know, we kind of take on that responsibility. Okay, so let's dive into quality first. So how does informed data put quality first and how does doing that translate back to the company's why? Yeah, this is really important to me. It's been something we've we've done for a long time. But, uh, you know, this starts with, I used to do new hire orientation and I tell everybody, treat each search like it's your own. What if you were doing your own background check, right? You would want to get it right. You wouldn't want an error to be made. You wouldn't want to be, you wouldn't want to not get a, not get an offer or a position because, you know, someone made a, a, a mistake in your background check. So when everybody was working in the office prior to COVID-19 on everybody's monitor, on every monitor in the building, we had this little sticker and it's on my monitor here still. And it says, what I do matters. And what we're trying to, what we're trying to get across to people is you might be touching hundreds of different searches every day or <clears throat> profiles or individuals. And just keep in mind that what you're doing can make a difference of someone getting a job or not getting a job. And then therefore providing for their family, putting food on the table, those kind of things. So obviously the background check and the importance of quality really has traditionally been keep the workplace safe. That's still important, right? So don't, we don't want to put the wrong person in a position they shouldn't be in, you know, a sex offender in a daycare, always the, the common one we use, right? That's a yeah. bad scenario, right? But there's also the, the reverse of that. We're seeing a lot with common names and with courts redacting PII, like I was just talking about and redacting cases and trying to match a common name to a case. Very similarly, we want to make sure that when a background check comes in, that we that we also don't report something that shouldn't be reported. Just treat it like it's your own background check. It's really driving that quality first culture. And, and we've had a lot of success with it. Absolutely. And just to kind of speak to that internal co culture. So for me, being with the company for over six years now, just like from the day I've started and throughout every position I've held, quality is always something that I've recognized as the utmost importance because of that culture that's been built. In fact, when I was in the quality department before, our mantra that we shared internally in the company was uh, customer-focused quality. And the message there was basically make informed data a partner our customers can't do without by building quality into everything we do. So just like you were saying, always thinking about quality first and the impact our work has. So definitely felt throughout the company. All righty. Next up, we've got philanthropy. So it's not something that you normally hear about when it comes to service being intrinsic to the kind of service culture. So how does philanthropy play out into the services or culture message at Informed Data? Yeah, this one's obviously I'm passionate about this. I, I personally believe, and I think Informed Data does, you know, to whom much is given, much is expected, right? And so Informed Data is in business, no doubt, to 
make a profit and you know to make a return on investment. But you have to do the right thing. Essentially, you got to turn around and give some of that back, and and that's what we do here. So a great example and one that I'm obviously personally attached to is Hero Homes. So Hero Homes, I'm the co-founder of a non-for-profit called Hero Homes. They are a nonprofit based here in Virginia, and they build homes for 100% disabled veterans and their families and provide home ownership to disabled veterans that most likely never would have had that opportunity. And, you know, they've sacrificed really some of them, almost the ultimate sacrifice, you know, these I'm talking amputees and severely disabled people that it's it's uh, like the least I feel like I can do and informed data can do to give back. So we've been at informed data financially supports them a lot, which is phenomenal. And, and then similarly, we have an, our uh, military spouse program and we have prioritized hiring military spouses to fill many of our roles, like on the core research verifications. And why do we do that? Well, first off, they're, they've shown that they have incredible work ethic and flexibility and you know incredible talents, but candidly, they're uprooted a lot. They're on the move constantly. They have to relocate a lot. I mean, many, many of you guys, are, uh, many of you are aware of that. And secondly, as a result of that, they actually get treated a little unfairly. Their unemployment numbers are actually higher than military spouses are. And they actually have a statistic where they, they get paid lower wages as a result. We feel they, they're kind of making, you know, ultimate sacrifices to, to be the spouse of active duty military. And as a result, they shouldn't be treated any differently. And in fact, uh, we've had an incredibly positive experience with this and they've been incredibly flexible and we're going to continue that program. And it's, it's really, it's really paid, paid off a lot for informed data and, uh, and it also, I, I love it because it's really in line with Hero Homes and the work we're doing there. So uh, we do a lot with the veterans. Uh, it's, a, it's obviously a passion of ours. And one way we really believe in giving back to people that have paid a lot of sacrifice for freedoms. Yeah, uh, Hero Homes is really such a fantastic organization. I loved hearing the story about the last home that was built for the Ochon, Ochon family. Hope I'm right. Ochon. And you know, I just love being part of an organization too that does the military spouse program. Like, I think it's so great. And I am excited to share that we're going to be highlighting some of our military spouses here soon. So I'm looking forward to getting to know them and their informed data experience a little better and sharing that with our customers. Yeah, that's great. So last one here, accountability, kind of the biggie. So can you touch on accountability in the context of the services or culture philosophy? So accountability in this business, uh, you know, here at Infor Day means, you know, you're not cutting quarters, you're not sacrificing quality. And you gotta our clients need to trust that when they give us a search or a background check to complete, that we're gonna do what we say we're gonna do. We're gonna go to the source. We're going to run a 10-year, a nine-on year, an unlimited, you know, whatever it is they order, that we're gonna do what they say, we're not gonna sacrifice anything along the way. So it's it's holding our clients are holding us accountable. And then therefore we hold each person within informed data accountable to to each transaction, to each background check. And Kenley, that's a message that drive that we drive from the top down that's gotta be driven that way. I mean, accountability has to be at all levels. And I think I think when you do that and you demonstrate that internally, it's it's going to be seen from the outside in. And you know, we also have to trust that our um our customers, you know, our, our clients are doing the same, right? That they're they're holding their end users accountable to do the right thing with the data to not use it for purposes that it shouldn't be used for and that kind of thing. So, you know, again, it's, it's, we, we drive it from the top down and it's employee to employee and it's really employee to customer. And then again, 
the customer to the to the end user to the community you know everyone has to be accountable to do the right thing and not not sacrifice anything along the way yeah 100% and i think that accountability really kind of connects the other three elements that we've discussed already so we hold ourselves accountable yeah, to being important. transparent keeping our customers informed upholding our accuracy standards and giving back to the community so i can definitely see how these four elements work together to create that culture of service Alrighty. And then, so we've touched on all of the elements here. My last question for you, Matt, is to just take a second, put yourself in a customer's shoes. How would you say that the service of culture makes a difference when buying from informed data versus another company? Well, to me, it, it builds a feeling of trust, right? So our customers, I believe, based on the pillars we have right there that we just went over of quality, transparency, accountability, being philanthropic, they they then you know they then gather a sense of trust about informed data, and it allows them to to really rely on us for all their needs. And a lot of companies are doing that today. But you know, I think at the end of the day, I can sum it up by saying by kind of repeating the golden rule. Um, the golden rule, of course, being you know treat people the way you want to be treated. I think in turn, the, the you know they'll treat you the same. So I think that's how I'll wrap this up. Is just you know remember the golden rule. And build that uh, that trust factor within your within your within your employees first, and it'll radiate out to your customers, and your customers will then you know trust you fully. For sure. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Matt, and sharing this information. Um, that was very helpful. And everybody tuning in, thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, Matt. Great. Thanks, Sydney.